Kick Bump Podcast acknowledges the traditional owners and custodians of the land in which we're recording this podcast, the Wurundjeri, Woiwurrung and Bunurong peoples of the East Kulin Nations. We pay our respects to their elders past, present and emerging and extend our respect to Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples today. Welcome to the Kick Bump Podcast. Your fortnightly DM on all things motherhood. Hello, everybody. I am so excited to be back in your ears for another kick bump, kick pod. We have just come back from break. Our last week's episode with Maria Thetil, I absolutely loved and I hope you guys as listeners enjoyed too, but I am very excited to be chatting to you guys about all things motherhood again. I am here on my own today, except I will have some voice notes from a very special guest, my obstetrician, Amanda Ward. She helped me out with this episode because it is all about the change in hormones that happens postpartum. And I wanted to talk about it because I wanted to talk through my personal experience and then also get her, you know, scientific backup of like what is actually going on internally and why we might be feeling that way. And I know it's super common to kind of go crazy and like feel like, you know, you're you're going through puberty again and all that sort of stuff throughout different periods post having the baby. But I feel like it's not talked about enough because I just wasn't expecting to feel that way that I did. Anyway. We are going to get into that, but prior to that, I'm going to start the episode how I always start our kick bump episodes with a bit of a Harvey update because so much has happened in this break. It is crazy. So first of all, this week he is turning one, which is absolutely nuts to me. I cannot believe that I've been a mum for a year now. That is insane. Um, we are having, so I'm recording this podcast on Friday, but obviously you're going to, it's going to be in your ears on Monday. We are having a party this Saturday, so tomorrow, for his first birthday. And that is just wild to me. I cannot believe that we are having our son's first birthday, first of many. I'm just, I'm so excited. Obviously, I'm a little bit stressed as well. I think that's just something that comes with it. I don't know why, but I have this, I put this pressure on myself to like make his cake and just we're having people over at our house and I want to be a great host and for all to go well, but it's been a busy week of work as well. Um, so balancing it all hasn't been easy. I'm very lucky to have had, you know, support from friends and family and obviously Josh at home with Harvey. So we are going to get there and I'm sure Saturday is going to be an absolute blast. I have made a delicious cake, which will actually be on the uh, Keep a Cleaner app very soon. It's an almond meal based cake. I wanted to make something lower in sugar and like at a texture that he would really enjoy. And I know he loves like almond meal when I'm making pancakes and all that sort of stuff um, with like blueberries in it, which are his favorite. Uh, and then just to make it a little bit special, I am going to make like a Elmo fondant, uh, like with icing, fondant icing and a little Elmo cake topper, which I'm attempting tonight. So you'll probably, if you follow me on Instagram, you'll probably see my attempt. I will share it. Hopefully it goes well. We will see. But 
Harvey updates. He is not quite walking yet, but he is getting more confident on his feet. He is climbing over everything. He's nonstop, but he's also had a cold for the last couple of weeks. He's been real sniffly and we have been so, so fortunate that this is kind of the first proper cold he's had. He's had sniffles every now and again, but this is like a real snotty, you know, it's not going away um, and you can really hear it in his breath kind of cold it's just lingering around and it's so cute we use like this like snot sucky thing just a little manual one and um the fess nose spray and he almost thinks it's a game and he like actually enjoys the feeling of the nasal spray which is the best because like obviously one of the hardest things to do with kids is give them medi- medication or like try and do something like that with them um usually they can be like quite uh, hesitant to let you do that but he like leans forward and like flares open his nostrils ready for it so at, le- at least he's you know cooperating with us in that sense and hopefully he will feel better soon luckily he's still full of energy but as most kids are when they're sick he is super clingy at the moment he needs to be held he wants to be held he tries to climb up your legs I personally absolutely love it because I don't get to see him quite as much as Josh. And so when I am home and all he wants to do is cuddle me, I'm like, oh, come to mum. Like, <laughs> just laughing it up. And I think it's because I have friends with kids that are older and they say they go through stages where, you know, dad's the favourite or mum's the favourite or, you know, either parent, you know, is the is the favourite at one point or another. And you get really jealous because all you want to do is like hold them and hug them and all they want is the other person. And so I know that that time will come. So I'm just making the most of, you know, him wanting me right now. If I'm not around, he does the exact same thing to Josh. But if I am around, it's like, he needs mum. I walk out of the room and he cries. Secretly, I love it. It makes me feel very, very loved. Um, An update on his feeding. So we now only bottle feed him in the morning and at night and we've dropped the meals just a little bit in his morning feed. I'm just kind of prepping him for the time when it just goes to like a bottle feed at night and then obviously like weaning him into some cow's milk or if that doesn't sit well with him, some other milk, weaning off the formula. And it's it's going really, really well. What I noticed and why I made that move was he was being so fussy with his solids. Like he was throwing it all on the floor. He just seemed so uninterested Um, some of his favorites were being put in front of him and he just wasn't eating and I was freaking out because I knew he was coming up to that one year which is when they're meant to be getting well supposedly meant to be getting a lot of their like calories and nutrients from solids and not from formula anymore and I was really nervous because I was like but he he sucks at eating like this is he's never going to be full he's never going to sleep well Um, but as soon as I dropped his middle of the day feed his bottle feed in the middle of the day and dropped his meals a little bit in the morning he has been eating like an absolute champ so I'm loving that I I honestly think that one of my favorite things about being a parent is watching your child eat I don't know why I'm so infatuated but just like watching him pick something up and put it in his mouth and like decide if he wants it or not even when he throws it on the floor like it's very frustrating when you put the effort in and you like prep food and then they throw it on the floor to the dog but at the same time, it's really interesting just watching him work it out. I just, I'm so fascinated with it all and I love it. Um, a couple of other updates. He is lion obsessed and bird obsessed. So at the moment, he loves lions. If he sees a lion, he goes, Rah! and he like reaches out his hand and like opens up like a claw. It's adorable. And every time I see him do it, I'm like, you're a genius. You're, you're, you're actually a genius. You're amazing. And he amazes me. 
Um, bird obsessed as well. He's constantly looking up in the sky, pointing in the sky, wanting to spot birds. They make him smile so much. So Josh for his birthday has actually gone into the backyard and made like a little bird feeder area to hopefully attract some birds, maybe some like pretty parrots and all that sort of stuff. So we'll see what comes, but I'm just, it's so awesome to see him so interested in animals and everything like that. It's so gorgeous. Um, and I think the only one, not negative, like it is what it is, but one thing I just can't seem to shake is his early rising. Now, before you kind of think like, oh, you need to do this, you need to do this, you need to do this. I am currently trying to work it out. And if it doesn't work, you know what? I have a son that's an early riser and it is what it is. He gets really good sleep overnight, really good solid sleep. And he sleeps really well in the day, but he is always waking up around 530 um, sometimes I can like pop a little lullaby on and it gets him back to sleep for like 10 minutes till around six. But yeah, he's generally awake between 5.30 and six this morning. It was actually just after four, which was amazing. Um, but luckily I had mum over, so she took a bottle to him and actually put him back to sleep about an hour later. And he kind of rested then until seven, which was great. But I just, I'm, I'm really yearning for the day that he does kind of sleep past six <laughs> um and until then you know I'm just I'm working with it but uh it is what it is and yeah putting him to bed later earlier his room's warm his room's pitch black he's eating heaps he's having a good full bottle like there's all these things he has got a little bit of a cold at the moment but like when I have gone in to see him in the morning he's not super stuffy or anything like that he hasn't pooed his pants like it's just I think habit um and it is what it is and if if, if that's who he is and he's going to do that, then that's great. You know what? It, it just means that I've got more hours in the day to enjoy with him. <laughs> that's the way I choose to look at it. Um, a personal update from my end. It works going really well. I'm finally feeling like I'm getting back in the swing of it all and like my head is in a better place. There's still often times where I feel like I need to be explained things a couple of times over to understand, even three or four times over to understand. Um, I am still working through, you know, really scheduling things in for myself and making the most of the, the days that I have that aren't so full to really get a lot of tasks done because a bad habit of mine that I've had since high school is leaving things to the last minute. And I just don't have the capacity to actually do that anymore. You know, a lot of my tasks, they, um, affect the entire team. And if I don't get them done and then life or work commitments pop up on the day that I'd like tried to leave them till the last minute then I'm screwed so you know even this podcast for example I was up till 11 o'clock last night writing notes for myself because I hadn't properly prepared and it kind of came out of nowhere and yeah anyway we're here now and it's all good but um it's something I'm working on I'm definitely working through it but I'm feeling a lot more confident at work it's feeling really good I'm enjoying it I'm able to focus at work now I'm a lot less distracted or you know my mind doesn't wander to Harvey and Josh at home as much anymore which is really nice um because it means I can just get stuff done and really enjoy my time at work with my team I am still having to come in those extra days when the team isn't in because at the moment our team only works two days a week I do come into the office when I'm when I'm alone and everything like that and I still choose to do that because working from home and any mums listening that works from home my my hat is off to you like it is an absolute challenge and at this moment in time I cannot do it and I am very fortunate to have the option to obviously come here um to focus because yeah there's no way I would be able to focus properly at home for a full day of work anyway so that's from my end. Now we do have some kick updates that I'm really happy to share with you. Kick bump 
private Facebook page. It is growing. That community is growing and I'm so excited about it. You guys are such a beautiful bunch of people, so supportive um, to one another and it's just, it's really amazing. I think one of the most special things I've seen in that community is that people have said that they've come from another mother's group whether it be you know virtual or in person and have left that mother's group because they felt incredibly judged and you know it's quite negative and there is so there is enough judgment out there for mums we don't need to be giving it serving it up for one another so I'm really proud of how you guys are with each other in the community it's really really beautiful to see and I really hope that that all you know continues so it's a really safe place feel free to come and join us whether you're pregnant or you you've had a baby um, you're welcome in that community and for that community actually I've got a bit of an exclusive live coming up so the day after Mother's Day which is coming up this weekend very excited about it because my first Mother's Day Harvey was only a couple of days old I think it might have been the first day I was home (laughs) Um, I'm excited for this Mother's Day but the day after so the 9th of May at 10 a.m Australian Easter Daylight Savings Time I might have got that wrong but anyway 10 a.m Melbourne time we will be doing a live workout in the Kick Bump Facebook community. So it'll be me taking a live workout that has been um, written with Ash, our Kick Bump physio. And it's been written in a way that regardless of whether you're pregnant or you've had your baby, um, you can join in on this. Now, it's not necessarily for those um, postpartum. So if you're in you know, if you haven't had clearance from your doctor, you're not past like six to 10 weeks postpartum, I wouldn't suggest it's something that you could follow. It's more so for those who are getting back into exercise now or are working out during your pregnancy, it will be bump friendly. So I'm really excited to do that with you guys. I can't confirm or deny if Harvey is going to be there or not, um, because it is kind of in that window of his nap time. But if he is awake, of course, he will show face. And yeah, all, all bubs are welcome to crawl all over you on that mat. But I'm really excited to do that with you guys and celebrate um, Mother's Day. Another update, which is really exciting, is today is the 1st of May and it is the first day of our Meditate in May challenge. Now, we are so excited about this. Um, a huge part of what we do at Kick is to um, promote and encourage, you know, people looking after their mental health. And what's really, really beautiful is when we've actually done surveys with the community, you guys are prioritizing your mental health above your physical health in a lot of cases. And that is so amazing. Um, I mean, it all works in turn with one another. And that's it's just so amazing to hear that that's something that you want to prioritize. And so what we wanted to do with our meditation, we have an incredible meditation bank in the Wellness Hub, but we have dropped, we are dropping 16 new meditations into the app this month. And we've scheduled them out so that you can do four a week um, and you can kind of tick them off as you go. Because the thing about meditation is, it's really hard to get into a good routine of practicing it um, unless you are doing it nearly every day. And so what we wanted to do was bring on, um, they're all five to six minutes max. Like they're very, very short. Um, Everyone's got five minutes in their day that they can meditate. I don't care how busy you are. I'm busy too, but we all have that time. And it's about making that commitment because for me in the past, when I have made time for meditation, whether it's like the hour after meditation or the day after meditation or even that week, I feel so much more grounded and clear and positive and calm from doing meditations. And so I'm personally going to follow this challenge to a T because I'm really excited for the new meditations anyway. But 
also to just feel a little bit more zen, a little bit more calm and grounded because I need it right now. And so if that's something that you want to join in on and you're not a Kick member, we have a seven-day free trial, which you can, of course, um, go and check out the app and join us for our Meditate in May challenge if you are interested. And just a reminder on the meditation front, if you head to the Kick Bump section of the app underneath the Wellness Hub, if you go into Kick Bump, there is actual um, actually Kick Bump meditations uh, that we've had there since we launched Kick Bump, you know, there's some that are specific to pregnancy and also motherhood. So if you want something a little bit more tuned to motherhood or pregnancy, you can head there and find those meditations as well. But now for today's podcast, so we are talking hormones and the emotions that we feel when those hormones kind of go out of whack. And my golly, golly gosh, it has been a roller coaster ride. Whoa, whoa, <laughs> a roller coaster ride, not road, uh, since Harvey has been born, to say the least. I feel like I understand hormones, but I often underestimate their power if that makes sense but I also feel like I understand them in a way that I just go like oh it's hormones like I just put blame on them when I'm feeling a little funny and rightly so I mean they do do change up the way we feel the way we act the way we think um so you can absolutely put the blame on them but I I I do struggle to like completely understand what's going on which is why as I touched on earlier in the podcast I have got my beautiful friend Amanda Ward and obstetrician to speak from like more of the scientific angle but what I wanted to do today is also share my own experience so I remember when I was prepping for the birth of Harvey I read up and I was totally warned by many friends and health professionals about the roller coaster of emotions that I was likely to experience in that early postpartum period and I was up but like just as quickly as I was up I was down and it was crazy. I would literally cry over spilt milk. Like I'm talking breast milk. I feel like everyone's had that moment where they've spilt breast milk and cried over it. And it is worth crying over for that golden stuff. But anyway, I just, I I hadn't felt emotions like that before. I have obviously felt PMS before and, you know, that kind of feeling around your period and all that sort of stuff. But I just really didn't feel like myself and I felt really sad at one point and then extremely happy the next but I you know I can't really go on about the science behind it all myself I don't fully understand it but to get a better understanding I reached out to Amanda Ward and this is what she had to say about what is going on with our hormones once you give birth After the delivery of the placenta, the levels of the hormones estrogen, progesterone and beta-HCG can drop drop pretty dramatically. This occurs in the first couple of days after the birth. The so-called baby blues can occur as a result of the drop in these hormones and is kind of similar to the drop in estrogen and progesterone that occurs just prior to your period, which can make some of us a little bit more emotional, easily angered and sometimes can result in a drop in your mood. I often will refer to the drop in hormones after the birth, just like a period on steroids, as the hormonal drop is much more dramatic and often coincides with a significant sleep deprivation and sometimes feeling pretty overwhelmed, especially if it's your first baby. The drop in estrogen, progesterone and beta-HCG hormones allows the increase in the hormone prolactin, which is responsible for your breast milk supply. This is why it can take a few frustrating days for your milk to come in. 
So first off, I find listening to the kind of science behind what is going on or, you know, the actual hormones that are shifting, I feel like it truly validates your feelings and emotions and what you're going through when you realize that, you know, this is the why, this is what is going on internally. Um, so I, I, I really relate to anyone who felt a bit up and down, um, after having a bub. And I think, you know, with Amanda touching on the, the baby blues and everything, it's very real. Um, obviously if you are in that stage at the moment and you feel like you might be struggling, um, immensely with it, definitely talk to someone. If you don't feel comfortable talking to someone, you know, in your close knit, reach out to people because it is, um, you know, it can be very serious. Uh, it can be a lot more serious for some and it can linger a lot more for some. And, and you know, you really want to really want to feel good um, in that time and it can really, really affect that, you know, bonding moment and everything like that, that special time. Um, but, you know, it's not your fault. Everyone reacts really different to these kind of hormone shifts and these experience and it is extremely overwhelming. As Amanda said, especially if it's your first baby, I was like, whoa okay you know he's just come out of me and he was in my belly and now this is this real human that we have to keep alive uh who literally is on my nipple every two hours and it was extremely overwhelming and I did go through moments of feeling like so much happiness that I would cry I was so happy to like feeling incredibly alone and sad and unsure and questioning everything and scared and incredibly anxious And so I think it was just really comforting to know how normal that was. Um, I wanted to reach out to the Kick Mump community just before I recorded, just to, I suppose, hear from others about how they felt in this time as well. So I'm going to share a few stories. Um, This one is from Georgia. She said, I think I cried every day for eight weeks post-birth. Definitely hormone related as sometimes I'd cry because I just loved my little girl so much and then other times for seemingly no reason at all. I would be constantly thinking I was a terrible mum because I felt sad all the time. My poor husband was incredible and reassured me every day that I was doing amazing. I had a rough time breastfeeding and bub wasn't gaining any weight. We ended up seeing a lactation consultant for three weeks postpartum because she still wasn't at her birth weight and we discovered I had very little milk. So I had basically been starving my baby for three weeks, which just added to my emotional roller coaster. Oh my gosh, you poor thing. I started pumping extra, incorporating formula on top of trying to breastfeed. It was absolutely exhausting physically and mentally. I switched exclusively to formula at the eight week mark and stopped pumping the next week. It immediately felt like a weight had been lifted, like I was almost my normal happy self. Unsure if it's hormone related or just from being less stressed and finally having a thriving happy girl. Three and a half months on and I still have some down days, but 90% of the time I'm all good. Absolutely. And I really wanted to share this as well because I think when it comes to, you know, having difficulties with breastfeeding and maybe like not being able to successfully breastfeed, there's so much pressure from society on like how good breastfeeding is and like how formula is the enemy and it's so bullshit. And I just, I wanted to share this one because 
you know, for, for Georgia, not only was her hormones out of whack, which just adds to everything and makes everything more stressful and emotional, um, but like it's physically exhausting to breastfeed and it sometimes it just doesn't work and sometimes it is better for your baby to be on formula. And the fact that, you know, she made that switch, she felt better, she felt like she was getting more towards her normal happy self again. You're going to be a better mother for your child if if you're feeling like more normal and happy and everything like that and you're not stressed 24 7 or exhausted 24 7 so really proud of you for making that change but also just understanding that it was a bit of a hormonal bumpy ride and that's totally fine another story from Sophie she said uh, I think one of the biggest things for me is that birth is very physically and emotionally demanding experience, regardless of whether you birth C-section or vaginal. I found the ordeal dumped a massive adrenaline load on my body and it took me several days to feel like myself again. I'm lucky I had a few girlfriends who said, don't worry if you don't get that all-consuming movie-like love at first sight with your baby, which was true for me. I felt until the adrenaline and shock wore off, I couldn't process what was actually going on and virtually went into survival mode looking after my baby whilst recovering physically. And like many other mums and dads, I found the first two weeks to be insane. I had about six hours sleep across four days with labor and C-section recovery. And then the first week, virtually no sleep with baby. I had so many thoughts of what have I done? I've ruined my life. All of these passed as my body recovered and I got much needed sleep. I'm now four months postpartum and I think the combination of hormones and immense life-changing play their part. There are days I feel completely happy and then the wind changes without any external factors changing and my world feels heavy. These days are definitely hormonally driven, passes as quickly as they come. Exercise is really helping me even things out. I think it's important to talk about all of this because there's a huge difference between postpartum depression and the very like appropriate human response to no sleep immense life changes body changes physical battles and hormones I feel without women chatting about this they drown in mum guilt feel like they're a failure or not a good mother tell me a sane person who would feel like themselves with suddenly no proper sleep for months a large weight gain or body change bleeding for the six weeks straight change of career inability to exercise for several weeks no choice of when you eat drink or go to the toilet or sleep and not being able to partake in things that you once found your identity in, like dinners and drinks with friends, dates with your partner, spontaneous weekends away. It's an adjustment. One we should talk more about and grace ourselves with more time to adapt. Wow, that was so beautifully put. And thank you so much for sending that in, Sophie. I could not agree more with every everything you said. Um, and yeah, I'm so happy to hear that, you know, your your um, finding exercise is really helping, helping you. I'm actually going through a period right now where I have not been prioritizing my physical health. I've not been prioritizing moving my body like I usually would have. And I have found a huge shift in my emotional state and my mental state because of it. Like I've realized again, it's just reminded me how important it is for me and my body to move regularly. It changes me as a person. So I thought that was really good that you pointed that out. I also wanted to add this one from Jessica. She said, apart from my period coming back with vengeance, it's like my body has said, here, I'm going to make up for all those months you went swimming carefree and didn't pack pads or tampons or cups or period undies just in case. Have some increased pain while you're at it. (laughs) And then someone else, Kate, said, 
She was surprised to have her period back after three months despite, despite that she was breastfeeding and she felt a little bit ripped off. So it's just, I feel like, you know, there's so many different changes that happen postpartum as, you know, Amanda touched on, even when the placenta leaves, when you breastfeed. And I think what I want to speak about next after the break is the hormonal shift again that happens when you wean off breastfeeding. So when I came off breastfeeding, I was not aware that, you know, some women experience immense depression, um, you know, breakouts. Like there's so many things that happen hormonally when you stop breastfeeding that I just hadn't heard about. I was not aware whatsoever of these changes. And so it shook me to my core. I thought, you know, I'd been slowly weaning off. I was down to one feed for like a month. And then when I was going to, you know, break free from breastfeeding altogether, it was just going to be fine. I didn't, I honestly didn't think of the hormone shifts, but there sure was one. Um, I am, you know, very embarrassed to say that I genuinely would have called myself a psycho in that period. I honestly became incredibly unrecognizable to myself and to Josh. I felt like, you know, sleep deprivation and everything over nine or 10 months by the time I stopped breastfeeding fully adding up and still not catching up on all of that and then coming off breastfeeding the hormonal changes I just I was a different person I remember one argument that I was having with Josh and it was over nothing like it was so minuscule and I genuinely was screaming at the top of my lungs and I just that was just I I could not recognize myself but at the time I didn't see it and I just I was just exploding And then literally 10 minutes later, I was bawling my eyes out because I realized that Harvey was asleep. And so I went back on the monitor to see if our argument had like woken him up. And I could hear through his monitor, which was upstairs and we were downstairs, I could hear my scream and I could hear how unrecognizable it was. And I just started bawling my eyes out and obviously apologized to Josh. And I just said to him, look, I, I don't, I actually don't know what's going on with me. Like I literally felt like I had no control over myself and I have struggled with PMS. I've struggled with being able to express my emotions without going over the top and like really managing those hormone shifts in the past. I really, I really have struggled with that. So that is something that has happened to me, but this was like a whole nother level of feeling out of control. Um, I also felt like there was a month where I felt like that and I was also extremely stressed. I was crying at like the drop of a hat. I was borderline depressed, honestly. I was feeling incredibly, like my self-doubt was at its highest. I just was feeling really wrong about everything and really bottling it up too, like keeping a lot of this to myself. Um, My skin was breaking out and like every morning I would just wake up with a little new pimple and then I couldn't help but pick it and then it just like kept growing all over my face and I'm incredibly fortunate I have only really ever struggled with like hormonal acne and everything like when I was going through PCOS back in the day um, and a little bit in the first trimester of pregnancy 
and now again when I was weaning off breastfeeding but I think because I'm not used to dealing with it when it does come it really hits me like a ton of bricks and I just didn't know how to handle it and I was like what is going on Anyway, I, I also felt incredibly unmotivated. Like I, I didn't want to really move my body and I just didn't feel like eating well or anything like that. And it, it turns out that when your hormones are doing all this stuff, like it is actually, it's actually really beneficial to really look after your, your um, health, whether it be through nutritious foods or moving your body. It's really important to keep those things up um, because it can help. But I just didn't think, I just didn't think like that in this time. And it wasn't until someone actually could kind of see that I was like opening up a lot about feeling sad or upset or not myself. And then I was talking about my skin that I got a couple of DMs from people being like, oh yeah, it's the hormone shift when you wean off breastfeeding because they knew that I, I, I was currently in that process. And I was like, what are you talking about? What is this, what is this shift you are talking about? So once again, I reached out to Amanda Ward and this is what she has to say about what is going on when you wean off breastfeeding. So when you are breastfeeding, it is similar to being in a menopausal state as the high prolactin, the milk producing hormone, switches the production of estrogen and progesterone off. I find that everyone is a little bit different with regards to when your brain will go into production of these hormones again whether it's around the time of starting solids with baby and your supply is dropping a little bit or sometimes not until you stop breastfeeding altogether. This is exactly why we cannot rely on breastfeeding as a form of contraception as we really never know when your body has started to increase the production of these hormones again and you ovulate and become fertile. When you stop breastfeeding, the level of prolactin drops and gradually your body will start the production of estrogen and progesterone again. It's kind of like going through puberty again, which is really not fun. Um, But for some women, they may get skin breakouts, you may get mood changes. Uh, As the body gets used to dealing with these higher levels of estrogen and progesterone all over again. But things will settle. Uh, as your body gets used to uh, the sort of rhythm of your cycle again. And there are benefits that estrogen and progesterone play, such as strengthening your bones, hair and skin, and also improving your libido. Okay, I love that she ended on increasing your libido because honestly mine has not been – okay, I don't want to say it's completely gone – uh, but it was, it was hard to find at times, that's for sure. Um, anyway, we don't need to go into that. But I just, I, I think that what Amanda said there about, you know, feel like going through menopause almost through your body and then also feeling like you're going through puberty again when you're weaning off breastfeeding, like that is exactly how I felt. I felt like when I was a teenager and I was going through puberty and I started screaming at my mom because she asked me what I wanted for dinner and some for some reason that annoyed me, like that is how I felt in those weeks where I was unrecognizable to myself. And so that makes a lot of sense to me. I've also, uh, since uh, that kind of period where I was a little bit of a psycho, I have gotten better. So when she says, you know, it does ease, it really, truly does. Um, but I think it, it, it's different for everyone. I think I, I heard some stories 
that it lasted only a couple of days when they were weaning off breastfeeding or when they stopped breastfeeding, they felt that kind of crazy hormone shift. Other people, it's, you know, weeks. And then, I mean, for me, it was definitely a solid month. Uh, and now I've actually recently just had my periods. So this is my first period since before, well, yeah, since before I fell pregnant with Harvey. And even that, like when you get your period back, that's different for everyone as well. You know, I think it was important that Amanda touched on the fact that I think there's this misconception, you know, that if you're not, if you don't have your period and you've just had a baby, then you can't get pregnant. I mean, everyone's period comes back at different different points. I had a friend who whose period came back, you know, three months after having their baby, even though they were full-time breastfeeding and that's just the way it is. For me, it came back a month after or a month or two after I weaned off breastfeeding. So it's different for everyone. And so even now with my period, that was, again, you know, the usual kind of PMS feelings and bodily changes that happens around that Um I had to experience again and go through again. So it's been a wild ride to say the least dealing with hormones through this time. But yeah, I just hope that, you know, things said in this, in this podcast has helped you feel a little less alone in it and made you understand, I think, you know, what is actually going on in our bodies and given you a little bit of validation for how you're feeling. I do want to touch on before I kind of wrap it up, someone else uh, in the community, Ashley said that, when she was weaning off breastfeeding, she felt a tremendous amount of guilt every time she started the weaning process. Her hormones would just skyrocket and she actually became extremely emotional every time that she couldn't continue the weaning process and began feeding again to increase her supply so that she didn't have to go through it. And that, I think that is that would happen to so many. And I think you know that hormone shift when you do wean would probably have a huge a huge play in why some women do feel incredibly emotional after they stop breastfeeding. Um, you know, not only is it, it can be, obviously it's not not in everyone's case, but it can be a really beautiful and bonding experience between you and Bubs. So that's sad that that's over, but it's also your hormones that are adding into that emotion. So it's just really good to remember that. And I think, you know, as women, we go through, so much you know men's hormones they don't shift like ours do you know and 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 if you have a regular cycle ours are shifting every month but I think the more that we can educate ourselves on what is actually going on the less I feel crazy or psycho we will feel when these things do kind of overcome us and we can't control them and I think we just all need to give ourselves a little bit of space be a little bit more patient and kind to ourselves through this time because it's it's a crazy thing that is going on in our body and you know our body is just created a human and then is kind of slowly trying to get back to its state prior to pregnancy and but then we're breastfeeding and that's new and then it's working out when it's going to have its period again and that's you know it's it's just crazy and it's incredibly fascinating and I feel like whenever I get overwhelmed by anything I just I like to just educate myself on what is going on and then I feel a little bit better or even just reach out to other people and feel a little less alone. And that is something that I love to do within our kick bump community and my own mother's group as well. It, uh, without a doubt, 10 out of 10 times that I reach out with something that I'm struggling with, someone either can relate or someone has some words of wisdom or something, you know, some way of helping me out. So yeah, know that if you are feeling a little bit psycho or things are going on and you're in that weaning process and you were like me and had no idea that you were going to go through this when you stopped breastfeeding you are not alone 
there is people you can talk to and I hope this podcast has helped you even just a little bit um, with feeling better about everything that has been happening. To finish off, I really do want to touch on, you know, the severity of postpartum depression um, or if you really if you really do feel like you are truly, truly struggling and you really need someone to talk to, um, you can absolutely talk to friends and family and talk to your doctor, but you can also get help. Um, if it's if it's quite serious and you're having suicidal thoughts, you know, absolutely definitely recommend calling Lifeline on 13 11 14. They are available 24-7. But if you would like support and to talk to some people, you know, about this new lifestyle of yours, you also Panda is an incredible national helpline that you can call. It's 1300 726 306. They are open from 9 a.m. to 7.30 p.m. Uh, Monday to Friday and they're there to support you if you feel like there's no one else that you can reach out to they're there for you and it's incredible everything they do you can head to their website panda.org.au to see um, how they can help support you and your family but I just wanted to end it there because it is it can be something that really does seriously affect um, some people more than others and I hope you're all doing okay. It was wonderful to be back in your ears. I will be back in another fortnight. Uh, but if you're also an avid KickPod uh, listener, we are also back in your ears this Wednesday with another very exciting episode, actually. I'm really excited about this one coming. Uh, so I hope you guys enjoyed it. You can find us at Keep It Cleaner on Instagram, keepitcleaner.com on our website. You can find out more about the program and sign up and do our kick bump uh, program if you want to. We have a seven-day free trial. And always, always feel welcome to join our kick bump Facebook community as well. We'd love to have you there. It's a very kind supportive environment like I mentioned earlier in the podcast and of course I am Steph Claire Smith you can find me on Instagram and many other social media platforms and I will chat to you soon bye guys bye. Bye.